listening to episode 223 of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. My name's Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we continue our look at season two of Showcase Netflix series Travelers. And fortunately, your meeting ended early. We almost didn't get to record tonight. Yeah, well, I wouldn't say it ended early, but it, uh, you know, like, <laughs> you know, I, I messaged you. I, I said I'd get in touch with you by 830, and at 8.20... There was zero sign of this meeting ending anytime soon, and it was a it was a field hockey you know league meeting, and the last item on it was boys. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. not gonna bore you with the whole story, but just last year we voted to allow boys to play. Right? Okay, so I'm seeing that at the end. I'm like, oh man, that's that's uh, that's a good 45 minute discussion. I guarantee it. And uh, so the president got to that part of the agenda, said boys. No one said anything. Meeting adjourned. There we go. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> wonder of wonder, miracle of miracles. Yeah, maybe so. you can take over the English department meetings. Oh, God. All right, there's sorry. The- I, don't, I don't mean to reopen <laughs> old wounds. <laughs> yeah, there's no sign of those getting any, uh, any shorter anytime soon. So, All right, well, listen, speaking <clears throat> of English department, uh, my pick of the week is going to be a book. And... Uh, but so is mine, actually. And, and I don't read as much as I would like to. I've got so much darn TV to watch, but... Uh, so you don't really have an excuse anymore. Uh, you'd be surprised. But anyway, you know, so I read Brave New World a couple months ago, or reread it. Uh, nice. It had been a long time. And for whatever reason, you know, I started thinking, you know, when people say, well, what's your favorite book? I'm sure you've had, you know, innumerable students. Mr. Trombo, what's your favorite book? It's like, crap, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah and i know what's your favorite song kid i i know what's your favorite youtube video yeah what's what's the favorite thing we've read in class this year yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see what was the shortest thing but you know yeah. for me i know at, at one point in my life i always said kurt vonnegut's the sirens of titan mm-hmm. and and i was thinking about it the other day that you know that whole idea of what's my favorite book and 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 i thought you know what it, it's god it's got to be 20 years at least since i've read it so pulled it off the bookshelf and about 100 pages in really liking it uh time travel space travel i mean it's it's vonnegut who vonnegut was huge in the 70s and 80s i don't know if you know it was still you know going when you were in high school the big vonnegut craze but well you know it's funny i I don't know how i was unusual none of my peers were into this but i just like when i was in 10th grade i just got really into kurt vonnegut i think i just read slaughterhouse five and loved it and you know would just every weekend go back to the library and get another vonnegut book out of the library yeah and i had my high school english teacher assigned slaughterhouse five and and i will say she was a bit ahead of her time i believe she also had us read brave new world um and uh also, Cat's Cradle, which is my other favorite Vonnegut in the big three that I consider, Sirens of Titan, Slaughterhouse-Five, and Cat's Cradle. So uh, I don't know what I'm going to read next after I finish Sirens of Titan. I did pull Cat's Cradle off the shelf, so it's staring at me every time I walk by. But but what book are you reading? And I know you read more than I do. <laughs> um, well, this is a book we have talked about here uh, from time to time. Uh, and you have started this book but never uh, finished it. 
Um, I'm about halfway through uh, of American Gods. Okay. Actually. So I was just at the library. Uh, I, I, just, I love going to the library, by the way. Just I could stay there forever. And um, But, uh, you know, just someone had put out as, like, I always kind of first go to the, uh, the, the people who work at the library, pull out uh, a book every week, you know, as they, you know, they recommend. So uh, I always kind of peruse that table first, and there it was, uh, American Gods. I'm like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try it out. So, so far, so good. I'm really liking it. Enjoying okay. it a lot. Well, I still have it on my nook. And, you know, I can get back to it. Now, are you watching the series? I mean, it's obviously no. the season ended. but no. uh, um, It's on Showtime. I don't get Showtime um, so. Or is it on Stars? I can't remember. Oh, oh maybe Stars. Yeah. It's something to start with an S. Yeah. But anyway, so, uh, all right. That sounds good. I'll be interested to hear you. You made it, you know, farther than I did in the book. So, yeah. Anyway. All right, well, the other news that we dropped on you guys last week was the change we made with the URL and how I was hoping it would be seamless. And it really did turn out to be more seamless than I thought it would be. Now, not perfect, and, you know, I can see by the numbers and all of that, you know, so that a lot of people, you know, haven't, you know, resubscribed or whatever it is you need to do. But, uh, you know, we're hanging in there, we're making progress each day, and I wish I was more... Uh, literate in, in you know the uh, methods of subscribing to podcasts for instance we've always been on stitcher and i made the changes on stitcher but our stitcher numbers really took a plunge so you know you guys you might have to go resubscribe hopefully you know what you're doing better than i do but uh so far so good so you know it, it's uh sci-fi tv rewatch.podbean.com everything else stays the same the email address is the same the twitter is the same the facebook group is the same didn't have to change anything just the url and it didn't have to but it always bothered me that it would say fatalists up there um you know not that not you know not that we have anything against our yeah, origins yeah, but it's our humble origins man. it is but you know and the other thing that i i keep forgetting to mention that if you do go to the website you may have noticed Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, a Traveler's Podcast. And what I guess I thought what I would do is just change that heading to coincide with whatever show we're watching at the time, figuring it would show up better when people are searching. Hey, I wonder if there are any Traveler's Podcasts out there. Type it in. And that will come up. So, for instance, when we're done Travelers for this season and we move on to Librarians, I'm going to change it to the Librarians podcast. So, that's what that's all about. But, anyway. So, right. let us... Yeah, I just tried to do it. And the first thing that pops up is the thefailist.podbean.com. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway. So, uh you know, if you're having any issues, hopefully you can work it out. If there's something we can do to help, shoot us an email. But more than likely, you'll shoot us an email about something we've said in the podcast or some idea you have about the show or whatever. Sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com. Go to the website, leave a voicemail if you want, uh, record your own audio clip if you want, tweet us at Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. And as we always say, join the Facebook group and get in the discussions there because they're usually pretty lively. So, mm -hmm. all right. Well, speaking of lively, um, episode 204, 
titled 1127, and obviously we have a handle on the fact that that is, in fact, a time, which we suspected last week. Sure. Written by Ashley Park and Pat Smith, who also wrote Jacob. Directed by Amanda Tapping, who did the season one finale, Grace. And this one aired November 6th, 2017. Now, we had one guest star, the uh, actress that plays Abby, Paloma Kwiatkowski. And the entire episode, I'm thinking like, all right, what do I know her from? You know, I know I've seen her. All right, when I'm done watching, I'll, I'll check IMDb. And there's nothing. I, I don't know why she looks familiar. Now, I did notice she was in one episode of Supernatural, but since I don't watch it, that's not where I know her from. So I don't know. I don't even know what to say about right. it. And honestly, being in, in well, who was she? Magda Peterson. I don't know. I mean, she yeah, she totally looked familiar. I, I, I <clears throat> yeah, looking at her, her page. She's in a bunch of episodes of Bates Motel, which I mean, I've never seen that, but right. And um, it, you know, and, and I did notice that uh, you know there was a lot of chatter about her in this episode. The, what a great character she was, and I agree. And and uh, people were talking on the Reddit site about how they they were so disappointed that she didn't become you know at least a recurring character. But you know, yeah, I mean, I mean they they killed her off like. Boom. Yeah, and and I guess that's you know what are you going to do? I mean, it, it's one of those things, and it's it's an issue I think every show faces, especially shows like this, that if there are no real stakes for the characters, then you know developing yeah. that emotional bond it, it makes it more difficult. But then again, I mean, we know they're not going to kill off Eric McCormack, right? I mean, we know that, but right, you know, you take a show um, like Dark Matter where I forget what number he was, but, you know. They, he was number one. Number one. They killed him off, you know, halfway yeah. through season one. And I, even until the very last episode, I was waiting for him to come back any moment now. And not, I, I, that was that was shocking, yeah. Yeah, so. Um, Primeval, right? They're, the main character got killed off in at the end of season one, I believe. Okay. So, I mean, it is done. Obviously, it's risky, but. Uh, you know, sometimes you got to take risks. I mean, certainly shows like The Hundred do it, and, sure. and I guess the bigger the yep. cast you have, the the you know, yeah. I remember yeah, more options with Lost when uh, Boone got killed and and, yeah. and his sister Shannon got killed, and and you know, sorry, I think the spoiler has uh, spoiler alert has elapsed on Lost at this point. Yeah, uh, how shocking that was, but it did send the message that n- nobody's safe and. Yeah, I think that's a good thing. All right. Well, anyway. Yeah. Well, Boone was like still not Jack or Kate. Well, that's true. That's true. So, I guess ultimately they killed off everyone. Well, they. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And (laughs) interestingly, that the uh, only show to kill every single character in its cast. Initially, Jack was supposed to die in the pilot, but they ended up, you know, rewriting that. All right. Well, anyway, we're here to talk about Travelers. And I really like this episode that, that you know, yes. that there's so much going on, not only in the episode, but so much going on with the characters. And, you know, in terms of episodic themes, I think one thing that, that they're all having to come to terms with is, is this whole idea of accepting the personal costs of the mission. And, mm-hmm. you know, we've had a number of episodes that were titled one of the protocols and you know certainly uh, protocol four do not reproduce has has become important as cat is pregnant 
Yeah, it seems like that one is like seems to be that's like an optional protocol, you know, because we've already seen two characters that broke protocol four. Well, not don't reproduce and not not don't have sex. But I mean, not no, no. I mean, not reproduce. Yeah, well, who's, um, Vincent. Um, well, yeah, that's son, true. Right? Well, right, that's true. Of course, I mean, at that point, he'd broken, <laughs> he'd pretty much broken well, all yeah, of them. But I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're right. Uh, but I, I think the other thing that comes out in this episode, and and Philip really, you know, he lays it on the line to to Mac, and rightly so. Which of us has not broken the rules? We all yeah. have done things, and you know it, it's something we'll talk about as, as we get into the discussion. But I think that's really one of the the most important things that comes out of this episode is that it really boils down to the human factor. That no matter how much planning you put into this, can you really plan for what it's going to be like to assume someone else's life, right. knowing you might have to live it until they die? Sure. Well, and and also the fact that you're getting orders from a computer in the future makes it difficult, you know, for people necessarily put all the credence in those orders in the here and now. Yeah, and, and I know as a viewer for or a long time, we assumed the director was an actual human being so that when, yeah. when we got that reveal I that, thought it was going to be a woman. I, yeah, oh, I remember you saying that at the time. And to find out that it's actually an AI, and yet these travelers have the full confidence in the director's orders was pretty amazing. But now we're finding out, well, maybe they don't have full confidence, and, and there could be a couple of reasons why. But the other thing that, that I think is important that comes out of this episode is that whole idea of the morality of using violence as a means to an end. And and obviously Abby is set to blow up the lab, and you understand what she's doing, and we understand, uh, you know, how it fits into the grand plan. Um, in, in that, uh, obviously, one of the problems in the future is that they don't have enough to eat, right? They, they don't have enough food, and is it a byproduct of you know this seed? I've got the number written down somewhere. I forget what it is, but. Right. Uh, you know that, that but, it just, but, but it seems at the end is Philip not getting the formula to make that seed, though. Right now, are, I mean, we don't know, do we? No, no. We'll, again, we'll talk about that when we get to that the, the very end with the the sister, you know, spouting out all of that chemistry. You know, to, to me, mumbo <laughs> all that science stuff. Well, you know, it's funny if you guys are interested on the Travelers Reddit site. Uh, one of the posters on there has a biochemistry background and and actually explained it you know in in some depth and after I got about three lines into his or her response I'm like no this is giving me a headache <laughs> I don't this understand is the formula for acid I you know whatever but uh, <laughs> but but it is there I mean if you are interested and and I'm sure a lot of you guys have more of a science background than I do and that you you might find it fascinating but but also the team has been using violence as a means to an end i mean we, sure. we can't look beyond that and certainly the assassination in, in this episode you know of the uh, senator you know is part of that but we do know the director's back and assigning missions 
and this one seems fairly important, prevent big aggro from seeking short-term profit over environmental destruction. And I mean, it's a, a concern that we have here in our little version of the 21st, you know, and so, so much of the world, you know, is going hungry because of agricultural and environmental issues, you know, some of which are man-made, some of which are just, you know, naturally occurring, you know, like in Africa and, and, and you know, desert you know, land and things like that. But, uh, you know, this is a an idea that crops up in sci-fi fairly often. I mean, it's certainly part of Continuum's storyline about big aggro and, you know, the, the role they play in controlling politics and controlling essentially the people and you know how this can't let that go but is violence the answer and, and that was what's so interesting when, when abby comes back knocking on the van door i can't do it yeah and what do you mean you can't do it you have to do it you did it already <laughs> which yeah, right you know is, is again part of the the fun here but the other thing is we've got two missions going and this was something i i I'm still trying to work through a little bit. First thing I'm thinking, all right, which mission is more important? They want to make Bishop the face of a movement, but they also want to stop, and I can't remember if it's Galston or Calston. I've got it both ways in my it notes. Was, I think it was a G. Okay. Uh, did they want to but, stop their research in its track? And Well, well, well. Yes and yes, right? The, the the idea is they both go off at the same time and that the explosion is works as a distractor so Carly can get out. Right. Okay. Now, on the other hand, I thought it, it seemed to me that the assassination should cover the explosion, not vice versa. But but as you said, in the, in the logistics of the planet so that Carly can get away. Although, as it turns out, it seemed fairly cut and dried even though they're breaking you know one of the other protocols which is uh i think it's protocol six no inner team communication but you know they've been breaking that with officer boyd for you know, yeah. qu- quite a while so you know so it didn't seem you know that big a deal but but there again you know th- it seems as if virtually every traveler's team is violating one or all of the protocols. And, you know, how important is it that they're breaking it? I mean, again, somebody in the Reddit group brings up the idea that, well, why doesn't the director just have these people killed when they break protocol? Well, maybe it's one of those things that the director expected a a certain number of travelers to break protocol. And... Well, well, right, because, like, how is... How is Carly still breathing, right? Like, she is most blatantly, I think, just completely ignored uh, the directory she was given. Uh, you mean about shooting Mac? Yeah. Yeah. Like, she was told to, to kill. So, so I, I always think this every time they bring it up. Or, you know, so if Carly does not experience any consequences from blatantly not carrying out the director's... First of all, what does that say about... Like, you know, I mean, we assume she didn't do it because she didn't feel it was a valid uh, order from the director, right? Right. She and thought it some, was maybe some... like the the other group got control or, or whatever. Um, so, like, but but really, it, it hasn't caused them then to further question, like, any further orders, right? 
Right. I mean, there was really no good reason for her to kill Mac. I mean, we understand the value of assassinating uh, Bishop, right? right? There is a reason, and and it's easy to understand. I mean, you might not agree with it. It might not actually turn out the way you hope, but it is there. But the other thing that comes up here is that it seems all of them, not only in this team, but even Bishop articulates the doubts that they're having in the grand plan. Whatever the grand plan actually is, and you know, at some point it would be nice to see if that's laid out in a manifesto at some point. But getting back to the breaking of the protocols, I mean, it is understandable. And, and it does seem as if they're all having second thoughts. And I wonder, they know the future has changed, right? I mean, for instance, you, we always go back to that, that benchmark of Shelter 41. So we, right. we know the future has changed. Is it as dire as it was when they left? Is it worse? Is it the same? I, I would argue that it's got to at least be a little bit better. And because they know the future has changed, does that influence their decisions now? I mean, again, that had to be something they were prepared for before they left, but I guess you don't know that. That's something you can intellectualize like all you want, but... Until you actually have someone from the future come back and tell you how the future is different than what you remembered it, um, which is weird saying that sentence just in and of itself, that that really kind of um, you know brings it home for you, I guess. Well, yeah, and we don't know whether they expected to run into as many travelers as they have. I, I you know, I mean, they're certainly not surprised. They know how to handle it, but they also know that they're they're not supposed to keep up any communication with them. But but again, like you said, it, it's you know preparing for it and then actually doing it as you as you said are two two completely yeah. different things. And, and as Bishop says, he's sorry he ever volunteered. And we wonder it doesn't seem like any of our five team members are at that point yet. But as they each start to make connections with a non-traveler, or I guess in in, uh, Philip's case, his is with a traveler, you know, is is that going to change? And and then speaking of Jenny, is it time we start questioning these eye drops? Uh, yeah. And I mean, not so much how much he's using them and, and she's using them and, you know, using them for recreational purposes, that's fine. But is there another purpose, perhaps, perhaps a little bit more nefarious? And then we'd have, of course, and we've certainly considered the fact that Jenny may not be who she says she is, which means she could be some kind of plant, some kind of spy for the director, for the faction, whoever. And is she playing some kind of a long con with Philip? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I said it before, and I'll say it again, when you think something is too good to be true then you know it generally is and certainly jenny for philip is you know is is basically what it's an attractive female who has the solution to my addiction and is totally into me um you know like she's perfect well okay well let's stop and then think about this actually for a minute philip you know and they, they that, you know, and I, I think part of it is maybe that they just don't really 
Well, I mean, part of it's just the the writers write it, but I mean, like, if you want to think about it, like, they just don't have that much time for reflection, you know? Yeah. Like, it, it's they they're under even when they're not on mission, uh, they've their lives have to be incredibly stressful, right? Oh yeah, and you wonder how uh, Trevor's doing in school because he never seems to be there. A lot like Buffy in high school, although she did manage to graduate and go to college. But the opening scene... Well, spoilers there. Thanks, Dave. (laughs) Travelers are carrying out a director-assigned mission that appears to include some sort of explosive devices. And I like the fact that we're not exactly sure are they trying to stop a bombing or facilitate a bombing. And I started thinking, all right, is this some sort of a sting operation? And then, well, no, that would be Max Milieu, you know, if it was something the FBI was doing. But, you know, I mean, we figure it out finally. But but I love that. But, but yeah, it takes a while, though. Like, it's really, at first, you know, we spend a good first three to four minutes wondering what on earth is going on. Yeah. And, and I like the scene when Trevor is talking to Abby about the device that he gave her. And, you know, it's like, well, don't drop it. Don't do this. Don't do that. And she's like, you know, I know what I'm doing, asshole. And and Marcy and Philip are listening back at HQ. Well, she's pleasant, Marcy says. Uh, I'm sorry. She's pleasant. Yeah. Philip yeah. says. Marcy goes, Phillip yeah, says. reminds me of your girlfriend. Yeah. Like, ouch. Yeah, I, I noticed that little shot she got in there. Yeah. But so. Philip doesn't even blink his eyes. Like, he doesn't, like, take exception to that or anything. He's just like, whatever. You know? <laughs> I know. And, and that's what I love about him. I mean, Philip on eye drops is a revelation. And, and I, I know that is probably a bad thing to say because it is drug-induced. But on the other hand, as he says, and I'm going to take him at his word, it just makes him feel normal. Although I think the amount that those two are taking for recreation purposes probably goes beyond that. But just to see him with clear eyes and a clear head and, and you know, look like he's taken a shower and got clean clothes on. I mean, he's like a totally different person and I'm really digging him. But he does go to see Jenny and he wants more drops and, you know, she teases him a little bit. Uh, and then he's like, and maybe we can play a little. And, and I think this is the first time we're introduced to her little sister, Chloe, if I'm uh-huh. not, not mistaken. So she's sort of got the same situation it looks like Trevor has. With Of course, Trevor doesn't have a little brother or sister to contend with, but it looks like Jenny's got things well in hand. Or, or someone to just, you know, be a, a guard for you. Right. It's basically like, yeah, you feel feel all the phone calls. Let mom and dad know everything's okay. I'm going to go upstairs and have sex with my boyfriend. Thanks. Right. And you can play Uh, the video game you're not allowed to play when mom and dad are home. So everybody's happy. But she's putting the drops in his eyes. And and she puts like, you know, one or so in the one eye. And then the other eye, she goes and she puts like six, I think I counted. Yeah. Well, she puts... Hold on, I I I, I can. I think she puts three in her eye, mm-hmm. and then yes, yeah, six in Phillips. So what that really does? No, two. She does two in, two in the one eye, but then she does in each the, of her eyes. She just two oh. drops in each of her eyes, and then in the one eye of Phillips, we don't see the other ones, but she puts six into Phillips' one eye, which seems excessive. Yes, yes. Like even though it's just Visine. That'd be like way more than you actually need. Oh my gosh, you're not kidding. So, all right. Well, 
the other thing we see is the way Marcy is coping. And, you know, we talked last week. She's got a or job in a hospital. not coping. Which well, be the you know, after Mac leaves, uh, you know, the doctor asks Marcy out to dinner for the weekend. And she's like, well, how about now? And, right. he's, and he's, look, dude's already intimidated by her. And now, you know, she, she throws that at him and it's like, okay, fine. You know, so somehow, you know, when, when, when she says now, she must have meant, well, after I go home and change into this right, amazing right. You know, dress. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe they just had those clothes in their locker. Good point. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but, but yeah, like, like the now definitely was not now, now because they obviously went home and got changed and she did her hair and everything, you know? Yeah, and and you know we see them at dinner, and he's still tongue tied being around her. I mean, he he reminds us of David, and I'm mm. I'm, I'm I'm not sure. Mm. Does well, he now? Well, I mean, I'm not sure. I like the way they're handling Marcy's character. In that, I mean, look, she is attractive, she is beautiful, and all that, but just the way the men around her just seemed to be I, I don't know i don't i don't know what it is about it i mean i guess i understand it but you know well she's very good looking well she is and but she's like self-confident you know and so she's like she's she seems like a, a like a take charge kind of woman well, you which know, you that s- could be intimidating but, but see you say that and and that's the marcy we we know with the travelers team when when she's at dinner with the doctor it's not as if she's dominating the conversation it's not you know she's just kind of sitting there almost waiting for him to talk and 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 of course he starts the conversation uh, why'd you get into medicine and, and okay fine whatever uh, but the interesting thing is, is that question led into talking about the fact that you know, medicine is going to be so important in the future, which uh, obviously it's like, oh, yeah, you think, buddy? You know, he's got this optimistic opinion of what the future is going to be like. And, and you wonder, is she sitting there thinking like, dude, if you only knew what the future is really like? Well, I, I imagine it, w- it would be like someone saying to us, you know that they got these amazing things called leeches. They're incredible. It's like they're going to change the world with these things, you know? Okay, so, you know, the the next scene we see with them, you know, they're back at her place. And we've talked about her place. I mean, it just looks like a, a hotel room, you know, a, a relatively nice hotel room. But, I mean, certainly not a suite or anything like that. But, you know, it, it's really sparsely decorated, if you can call it. I mean, it's just standard hotel. Every room probably looks exactly the same as hers. There don't seem to be any personal effects visible so what is it about the fact that she obviously invited this guy back to her room and then, you know, however many minutes later says uh, whatever it is she says, we don't get to hear what it is, but hey, I've got an early morning. Why don't you get your stuff and go? I mean, Or it, does he roll out on her? Yeah, I see. I think, and, and again, since we don't know, I feel like, it was her because look at what's her motivation for doing this. I mean, she, I think just needs human to, contact. Well, human contact. And, and I think she realizes that, that she's 
reached this place emotionally where she's just, I don't want to necessarily say empty, but she's just kind of like in a gray area, if you will. And, and just maybe just like, all right, let me do this and see if I actually can feel something. And then when she did it, she realized, no, I really don't want, dude, why don't you hit the road? Uh, You know? And then later, I guess when she's talking to Carly on top of the roof and she says, yeah, I may have met somebody. I don't know if there's anything there. You know, so maybe she's had a little time to reflect and that, well, like any relationship, you got to give it a little bit of time. Yeah. But also, Dave, I, I hate to break this to you. I knew you grew up in the 70s and everything, but every once in a while, sometimes people just, you know, get together, just have sex. Yes, they do. Yeah. And so, um, and, I, and I think, but that, that doesn't detract from what you just said. I mean, that's it's basically the same thing. She just wants to... You know, whether she's just kind of in the mood and just was like, all right, this guy will definitely, you know, so it could be just, you know, just a random hookup because I'm just, you know, would like to do that. Or, uh, you know, it could be a deeper, I just need to feel, you know, close to a human being for a little bit. But either way, it turns out the same with him rolling out and her in in bed with the covers pulled up to her neck looking not like psyched not like wow i I just had sex that was awesome right she clearly looks like she's not in a good place well right at the end and, of this encounter and, and what we've seen out of him and the way he feels about her you know at least initially is that you know he i just don't see it being him that initiated the you know the departure but yeah, I, I mean, I just thought she looked upset, and he doesn't even look back at her, you know? Well, so I guess that she just said, all right, thanks, hey, can you uh, roll out? Yeah. So it, whether he left or, or she left, whoever, whoever's idea it was for him to leave, I, I guess that scene would be pretty much the same. Um, I just feel like, though, if she told him to roll out, she'd be probably just like, like, like lying down, like crashing out, like man, I'm tired now, boy. I can, yeah, yeah. You know. I I don't know. It, okay. it could it could easily be either way, but I think it it doesn't really matter necessarily. It's still she's still in the same place okay. at the end of it. All right. Well, the other thing that is important to her arc in this episode is the fact that Mac comes to her for help with Cat's pregnancy, and we'll talk a little bit about that in a second. And she does agree to help him and swap out, you know, pills for her vitamins. And so we'll get to that in a second because um, I'm not sure what to think about that. So, so let's jump into Kat's pregnancy for a second because she's now showing, and we learn that she's 20 weeks or so pregnant, still living in her friend's loft, which she loves. And I do like the fact that Grant pulled the little flyer off the wall before he went in, before, you know, now maybe he had all of this planned, you know, whatever, but he knows she likes living there and suggests selling their house. And and again, that's something that catches her a little off guard when he says, eh, it's just a house, because apparently the grant she knew before, I guess, really liked the idea of single family home, you know, yard, whatever. And, and this is clearly not something that the old grant would have would have liked but i also like the fact that she's just not jumping right back into the relationship she's not closing it off 
right? I mean, so they, she they, said we, right? She did say we, and 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 she seems happy when he's there, and you know, you can see there there is a bond, there is a connection between these two, yeah. and and it is good. But given he's, what he's got unfettered access to her uh, prenatal pills, yes, and so there's a level of trust, right? So, uh, you know, I, I like the way they're handling that. Um, but we see then the scene at the doctor. He reveals that there could be a problem with the baby. I think he calls it placental disruption, which I have absolutely no idea what it actually is. But Marcy recognizes that, and she says that that's bad in any century. Right. And then he pretends he forgot his phone, goes back in, and that's where he tries to convince Marcy, look, I know there's something you can do. And she's like, well, there's nothing I can do to stop it. You know, I can, I can you know, uh, increase the odds of her successfully completing this pregnancy. But Marcy's against it, even though she says she can help it, because, you know, this, this idea of Protocol 4 that right. I think she even mentions, well, you know, abortions are, I don't think she uses the word abortion, but you know, we no. know that's what she's talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it perfectly safe procedure, you know, in this century. Eventually, she agrees to help. And we see the little scene where Matt goes in and he's switching out the pills. And I got to thinking that, what if she's not really helping? What if the pills she gave Mac will do something to, you know, terminate the pregnancy instead of promoting it? And since there's already a problem, he knows that whatever she's going to do is not a hundred percent. I I don't know. I I think if, if the, if cat suddenly lost the baby rather than it getting better, I think Mac would probably feel like, like Marcy pulled one on him. Okay. You know, and, and I'm, that would just be such a complete disruption of their trust anyway. I mean, you say what you will about Marcy. She's not underhanded, you know? Well, I don't think any of the five are. Right. And, and so mm-hmm. I don't think – like you, now, now, Grant, of course, we're talking what she would or would not do as a character. We forget that this isn't the Marcy that we kind of are mostly familiar with, right? Sure. This is this is the Marcy who two point popped it right. Well, well, it's the Marcy who we met at the very very beginning of the the show. Y- you know, who as as soon as the pilot was done, was a much different person. So, you know, it's it's not the Marcy that we know as as you know all the other characters know. But I still feel like that that is something that I, and I, I thought that too. I mean, I thought that it's easily possible she could. Be, you know, create something that would cause Kat to, to lose the baby. You know, I think also if, if that were her plan, um, she wouldn't have been reluctant at first. She might have been just like, all right, I'll do it. You know, just like thinking, okay, well, this is a good way for me to get rid of the baby and to solve all these problems without, you know, and everything. Um, but, but at first she's like, no, I can't do it. And then only later, reluctantly, does she uh, agree to do it. Right. But but I think what what we see in this episode, like we said you know, earlier, it's almost as if you know, she's starting to have doubts about the grand plan. And that where, like you said, at first she was reluctant and, and told him no, and then clearly she changes her mind. You know, let's assume for sake of argument that she, she changes her mind and she really does mean to help. You know, is that simply a reaction to the doubts that they're having about the grand plan. So I, I absolutely think that is. Okay. I 100% think her decision is at least in part based on this, well, effort, you know, 
Like basically, you know, like the grand plan seems to be something that's more malleable than we thought at first. Okay. All right. Well, you know, as most of these scripts are for travelers, they are woven together just really brilliantly. And, you know, in this case, it's almost like a procedural that you've got all these other stories that are connected going on and, and the, you know, the way they're reacting personally to, to this. And then the actual case, which is the mission to bring down Galston Agro. And, you know, we meet the girl at the Internet Cafe, Sandstorm. You know, they got all these cool code names when we first meet her. But at the heart of the mission is this seed C589 that's being manufactured. And what it does is it draws super amounts of nutrients from the soil. But what they fear, and, and I guess Philip, and again, I like when he says, you know, she goes, wow, you, you know a lot about this. He goes, uh, the internet's my life or something like that. But right. the idea that, well, yeah, if it takes out all of the nutrients, then pretty soon you've got, you know, soil that, that farmers just can't grow anything on. And I, I guess we had that problem in the united states like in in the 30s and 40s Um, dust bowl right yeah and 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 over farming and they learned about how they had to rotate crops because you know different crops would would draw you know different amounts of nutrients from the soil but the whole idea that that it could decimate the farmland and then of course that leads us to think about what happens in the future but then they also tie seed 589 into the senate bill 939 which basically looks to diminish corporate environmental responsibility so they can do whatever the hell they want. And, and you know, that's where Bishop is tied. And so all of this is tied so neatly together. Um, just, you know, just really, really done well. I was a little surprised when Trevor brought Abby back to the uh, Batcave, you know? Well, again, she's going to die. So, But they don't. Well, I guess they assume she's going to die in the explosion. Yeah, but they know that already, right? They know the history. Well, Philip right. knows the history for well, sure. Well, right, but she doesn't. I'm just saying, you know, that, right. So you're right. That's why they let her come back. So, um, yeah, show her everything. Say, hey, we're time travelers. Woo. <laughs> right. 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 Doesn't matter. The other thing, again, do, you know, if I was rating this episode on a scale of one to five, I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're giving it letter grades. I mean, I'm, Probably at the end of the day, going to give it an A. But if I was going to put a minus in there, which I'm not, but the Abby Trevor connection, you know, the two of them really seem to be connecting. And and in reality, they're both probably about the same age in real life. But she's out of college. He's still in well, high she's school, older, right? Like, well, like like real life for the actors in real life, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, are we still really on a visceral level buying Trevor as a high school student? Well, I'm not. And then that's my point. And, and yeah. that that this college girl would, or post-college, I mean, she's you know was working, I forget who she said for, for uh, I can't remember who she said she was working for, but, but she, because I guess she was too inquisitive, she was like exiled to the basement. And I'm thinking like, gosh, just like Fox Mulder in the X-Files which you'd know if you'd ever watched it, but you decided it was more important to have a social life. I get it. All right. Anyway. I saw season one. Okay. (laughs) All right. Philip realizes that it's even worse than they thought. And, you know, this connection that they're having, uh, I don't know. It's, it it almost just doesn't seem believable, but 
Yeah, whatever. I, I, it's well, certainly well, not. Well, it's it's here. Here's here's why chicks dig Trevor. Okay, because he is a young, not high school, believable age, but certainly a young man who behaves like a very old, wise, experienced man, which is what he is. Exactly, right. So he he's not like a. You know, he's not trying to get into Abby's pants, basically, you know? In fact, it's the opposite. He is just, he's cool with just being like, almost like like a mentor. And and, and, and girls are, like, like the, the women he meet, I think even Grace was disarmed by that, right? Yeah, sure. Well, especially since he wasn't like that before. Like, she knew him when he was just Trevor, and now he's now it's the same person, but yet not the same person. But so I think he 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 basically the people who who don't know he's a traveler obviously are kind of a little kind of surprised, I guess, by the amount of maturity and wisdom that someone so obviously so young demonstrates. You know, and like as Abby says, where were you when I was in high school? Right. You know? Like, because of the guys she knew in high school, like, the good-looking guys are probably all dopes. And probably even the not-good-looking guys. We're probably all dopes. We're all, we're all we're idiots until probably we're about 35 years old, I imagine. Yeah. I'm thinking. Thereabouts. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, you know, w- we said earlier, you know, she has second thoughts, comes back to the van with the bomb, and Trevor decides look, the mission is all and, and he takes the bomb from her much to philip's horror and, and runs back inside and despite everybody protesting via comms max supports trevor's decision to go on what everyone knows is a suicide mission and i i love i mean it, it was heartbreaking to a certain extent because look again to be honest i wasn't positive trevor wasn't going to die in that explosion no i I wasn't either and Uh, him sitting on the floor waiting to die i mean it it was just i mean it was heartbreaking because even though of all of them you know like you you've mentioned the last couple minutes i mean he has lived a long long life right yet so so here, here here's actually something i thought about so the guy who's in bishop conversely Seems like a very young man who got put into an old person's body. Right. Right. Because he is, he's all Dylan Thomas. He's like rage, rage against the dying of the light. Right. He absolutely does not want to die. He is so pissed that, that this is happening. You know, he's so upset about being put into a host with a heart condition who's an old person. So it really seems like he's, you know, like that's what this thing what, what freaks me out about this show is to think about who these people were before, you know, when before they traveled. Bishop seems like he's a very young person who is so mad at, at the situation he's put in. And Trevor, on the other hand, is an older person, a younger person's body who is willing to die, who's willing to, to sacrifice himself. And, you know, part of that is probably because he's, Live so long. He's like, it's okay for me to die at this point. Whereas the guy who's in Bishop is like, it is so not okay for me to die right now. Right. And the irony is they're setting Bishop up to be the martyr when, you know, here it is, you know, Trevor, you know, willingly going to his death. But of course, it doesn't 
work out that way. Uh, Abby's taken over by a messenger. You know, she dies. Philip, uh, I'm sorry, Trevor stuffs the bomb, which is still in the backpack, in a trash can, and he gets out of the building. And it turns out that Philip deactivated the bomb remotely. But, you know, watching that scene again, he looks surprised that the bomb didn't detonate. Now, again, he admits that he did it, but... You know, I, I was just wondering why they played that scene that way, where he's sitting there in the van looking surprised when, dude, you did it. What are you surprised right. about? Well, 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 see, I think I thought that the first time, and then when I watched the second time, it's like, I think we see him like he's actually doing, he's actually deactivating the bomb. Oh, okay. It looks like, um, but it's, it's you're right, it's, it's a very uh, ambiguous um reaction that he has there um so because the first time i saw it i i didn't at all suspect that he deactivated the bomb it, it, i thought he was also surprised but the second time like oh he's he's deactivating it right now right so um but my question is this so trevor shoves the bomb in the trash can about i don't know three yards away from where it was going to go off originally why not just reactivate the bomb once Trevor's out of the building? Well, that's true. Now, one of the things I guess we have to consider when we go back to, you know, one of the, the thematic ideas about using violence as a means to an end, maybe the bomb going off in the bathroom would mitigate any injuries, deaths, whatever, and that being out where it is now. You know, maybe. I'm still in the bed, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know, but, but, but I mean, he just he totally left Carly out to dry. I mean, that that's the one thing. Like Carly's justifiably pissed, right? And, and they because get because if it weren't for Boyd, she would have definitely been jammed up for this, right? I mean, and, and the fact that he undermined a direct order, you know, leads to them all sniping at each other. And, and as you said, if it wasn't for Boyd, and I guess we can credit Mac for having brought Boyd into the equation, but then it's like, well, you didn't kill Mac when you were ordered to, you know, they've all broken the rules. Philip then says, well, maybe there's another way we can do it. I can wipe their servers and all that stuff. But the final, well, not the final scene, but the, the final scene with the travelers, I really liked it. You know, Carly and Marcy sitting on that rooftop overlooking that old government building that's going to be converted into condos. Jeff wants to buy one. As, as they've all started to make a life for themselves, Marcy kind of alludes that, well, maybe you and Jeff, no. Yes, it's the three of us, but it's the baby. Not, yeah. you know, he's still right. drinking and all that. But still. No, 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 no. She says he's not. Oh, I thought she said he hasn't. Okay, maybe I'm No, missing. no, she said she said he's not drinking. Oh, okay. Which, okay. And then she says she claims she has some kind of zero tolerance policy, but like just last episode, right? The champagne. Like he, right, right, the champagne. So like maybe of course it, it cut out after that. So probably what happened was, you know, Jeff got a, a royal tongue lashing um for that and you know, just dumped it all down the sink. Well, that would be good. Okay. I'd, I'd like to see him, you know, 
turn a leaf and but 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 she's making a a life for herself and and certainly trevor's got his girlfriend and of course we don't know you know the truth behind all of that you know is she who she says she is and you know maybe we'll find out definitely not more in the next episode and unfortunately we're a little bit behind on these podcasts because jenny has already aired as we're recording this what yeah yeah come on man i know but uh, i haven't seen it you know, and and then of course Mac has Cat and is is certainly you know developed a connection with her. Trevor, you know, he's still kind of grappling with what do I do about my relationship with Grace? And and of course we didn't see Grace in this episode, but yeah, it, it's like it, it's not the Grace he knew, and you know, so so they're all grappling with that. And, you know, Marcy with you know had David to a certain extent. You know, I mean, there was a connection. Obviously, it was pretty one-sided, but but still, just as they're looking out over the city, you know, then we see that bomb go off, and and somebody completed the mission, but but who? You know? Yeah, exactly. And then, of course, the final scene with Jenny's sister Chloe being taken over by a messenger, spouting all that agrochemistry mumbo jumbo i mean it's mumbo jumbo to me i mean you guys that are have the background it, it certainly is meaningful to you but it even caught philip off guard and i don't know if it caught him off guard that it was over his head or if it was just coming so fast and furious that it'd be a good name for a movie series you write that down <laughs> but i guess we'll find out more about that later but uh great episode i don't know if there's anything else you want to throw in there uh i don't think so yeah really i mean they're they're just really nailing it this season i mean not that they didn't in season one because they did but it's just uh uh just just such good writing in this episode and you know of course amanda tapping's directing and and uh yeah ah just can't wait yeah, so. uh, you know, and hopefully maybe we can see her in, you know, in front of the camera again. Yeah, you know, I... So I probably, I, I think, that little cameo she did is a... I, I don't need it. I don't know if Vincent's going to need his psychologist anymore, you know. Like. Well, and we assume he's, you know, I mean, look, we know they're in Washington State, so it certainly wouldn't surprise me if he either left the country or at least went to the East Coast, but try to get as far away from where you know he's been as possible so yeah like you said i doubt whether we'll see amanda tapping in front of the camera hopefully we'll see her more behind the camera sure she does i mean she's she's awesome yeah like her she's just every time she directs another awesome episode or something i i have to i i know it's like an age-old you know argument we've had and and summer glow's lack of recent productivity is kind of weakening my argument with every day and, and especially with uh now, you know now travelers you know supernatural and uh all the other stuff that amanda tapping does makes makes it more uh indefensible my my argument as as far as the the first latest sci-fi goes okay and we'll leave it at that and that's as much as an admission you're going to get from me, by the way. I, I was so. going to say. You, you know. So I hope you, you were satisfied by I, that. I was satisfied. So <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it at that. All right. Well, another great episode. want to thank you guys for joining us tonight. We'd love to hear what you think about Travelers, any, any of the individual episodes, anything that's going on in genre TV. And obviously there's tons 
Encourage you to join the Facebook group, share your thoughts with the Sci-Fi TV Rewatch community. If you're already a member, spread the word. Emails to sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com. Voicemails via the speak pipe tab, which you can access through the website. And if you have to resubscribe, sorry, but you know, should only have to do it that one time. And we'll be back next week to talk about season two, episode five of Travelers titled Jenny. But until then, Dave, you know what? This is a place I'd fantasized about living in till I met you. <laughs> <laughs>